Okay, think about it. Let, let that sit on you just for a minute. When's the last time that you were happy? Uh, you, you may hear that this morning and think, Taft, you have no idea. Uh, it's been years for me since I was really happy. For some of us, that's inside. Like it's an internal thing where we say, I'm not happy. Uh, I haven't had real joy. I haven't had real peace. I hear the kids sing about it. You know, they're like, if you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. And Taft, I haven't done that forever. Uh, when we're little, we sing songs about this little Christian light of mine. You know, letting it shine all over. And Taft, if that's real theology, I'm going to tell you the truth. I've had it under a bushel for a long time. Or Satan has blown it out. And I'm starting this morning with lyrics like that to get the young people involved. But also, for you to think for a second about life. About life because we, we say, man, you're supposed to be happy. This is supposed to be a happy group. There, there are things that make us happy. It's supposed to be, number one, eternal life. Like, I'm supposed to be happy that when I die, <clears throat> that's not it. I'm supposed to be happy about the fact that, that when I die, that's not it. That that's not the end of the road. That that's not the bottom line. I'm not just going to go into a hole. I'm not just going to die and expire and that be it. I'm supposed to be happy right there. But then are there other things on earth that are allowed to make us happy? And for you, what are those things? If, if you're super simple, all right, if somebody married you and you're super simple, then you should be easy to keep happy. Like breakfast. If somebody does breakfast right, that could come in the form of a Pop-Tart. Man, if you're a honey bun person, if you didn't eat this morning, I'm sorry. Uh, but, but man, maybe it's that smell of bacon. The smell of bacon, I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm a man, uh, but the smell of bacon makes me happy. I don't care what time of day it is. Maybe it's breakfast for you. Uh, maybe for some of you, it's when people get along. Parents, when they get along, it makes you happy. I said young people once, I'm going to say it again. For all the kids that are here, if you're wondering why they're so angry all the time, how do you act towards your brothers and sisters? How do you act towards them? Try engaging in them. Try treating your brothers and sisters in a way that makes your parents happy. And let me know if that becomes magical for you. What about, what about work? What about what you decide to do every day? Did you hear that? What you decide to do every day. Where you get to go every day who you are allowing yourselves to be next to every day when you go to work. Use those phrases and see if your happiness doesn't change. Have you ever complained about something over and over and over again because it didn't make you happy? You complained about it a lot. Maybe you said this, man, I, this is bothering me. And this is something that gets on my nerves so bad. And I'm in this constant cycle. Man, it's just perpetual. I'm sad I'm down, and you haven't done anything to change it. This morning, I was happy, to tell you the truth. I was happy because I got to sit with my family. Uh, I get to move about a lot. I get the blessing of, of speaking at several different places, but I haven't gotten to sit by them in a long time. And so I got mic'd up, and I went out the side. I probably look really funny. I went out the side and went up top, and I sat with them. And I was super happy sitting with them. But there were other people that were not happy because they're like, he's supposed to be downstairs right now. I watched them. And they're like, you got to get down there right now. And after uh, we had a part of our worship, um, th there was a prayer that was prayed. It was a great prayer. I don't know if you remember it. You were here. But then my son leans up to me and says this, of course he would wear that shirt. He said, of course he would wear that shirt because he knows that that's a symbol that made him happy. And if you don't remember, I'm sorry. I said I wasn't going to talk about college football this morning. That's it. But there are different things that make us happy. 
There, there are different things that, that bring us joy. And there are times when you look and you say this, I can remember when I was happy. I can remember when I was on fire. And surely, God wants me to be happy. Man, if it's in the form of a honey bun, if it's in the form of me yelling at 18 to 20-year-old guys who play a sport every night, second reference, sorry, uh, but, but, but I'm looking at those guys playing football, man, and they win, and, and it makes me happy. They lose, and I say this, I can't stand this anymore. What about coming to this place? When you look around this morning, the people that are here that you call brother and sister, you don't call them brother and sister because you can't remember their name, right? You don't go up to them and just say, hey, brother, oh, I have no idea who you are. You say brother and sister because it's the blood of Christ that brings you together. When you see each other here at this church building, does it make you happy? And if it doesn't, what needs to change? And I'm going to tell you this, this for me. Some of my greatest jokes come in the form of religion. I went to Fried Hardman. I got my Bible degrees. And I make jokes all the time about the church and about all these different things. Not because I don't love her. Not because I don't think she's great. But because I've been through as an employee and I've gone through working professionally with churches. And sometimes my jokes that I make and the sarcasm that I use doesn't come out to other people and say, does the church really make you happy? Are the people that are here, do they really bring you joy? And we've got to check ourselves on that and make sure that when we talk about the church and talk about God's people, that it's something that brings us happiness. But let's keep going. This morning when we talk about true happiness and what it is, does God care about yours? To everybody that's in here, I don't care where you are. I don't care what's happened. Does God care about your happiness? And then let me ask you this. Does he care about your happiness Above everything else. That's our title this morning. God cares about my happiness, surely, above everything else. And that's popular theology, right? Christians are supposed to be happy. I've spent a few minutes on that this morning. We should be happy. We should have joy. We sing songs about it. But does God care about my happiness above everything else? And I want you to ask that question. Does he care about my happiness above everything else? Is my happiness the top priority to God? Does he look at me... Does he take my life and say, hey, here's your birth date and here's your path, go on. All right, does he create me and say, I want you to be happy above all else? As you think about that this morning, I want you to get a real answer. Well, well maybe, well, well surely, well, well could he, but what if? And I started this question process with Marley this week. I asked her a couple of questions. We were in the car and I said, Marley, does God want me to be happy above everything else? And her answer to me, if you know Marley, is like, it's all rainbows and all that stuff. And she's like, yes, yes, Dad, God, God wants you to be happy. I said, okay, what if God wants me to be happy, but being in this car, being in this situation right now with you doesn't make me happy, so I bail. Well, well Dad, I, I would be sad. Okay, but God wants me to be happy, and I'm not happy in this car, so surely I can get out. And she goes, oh, I don't like the way your brain's working. She goes, I don't like the way your brain is working right now. She said, Dad, I don't like this. And I said, but 30 seconds ago, you said God wants me to be happy. And see, when we start talking like this, it applies to marriages. It applies to jobs. It applies to families. It applies to the church. Because we have all seen people before that have said, we ask the question, why did you do such and such? Man, you know better. You were taught not to do that. People have looked at me before and they said, Dad, that's not the way you're supposed to go. You know what I did? I kind of pulled it tight, and I looked at him, and I said this, oh, but it makes me happy. 
if, if it makes me happy, then Sheryl Crow said, it can't be that bad. And if you know that song, it said, if it makes you happy, it can't be that bad. If it makes you happy, then why in the world are you so sad? Now, that's not the right lyric, okay? But if I really finished that song the right way, newsflash, you would not be happy, okay? And, and when we look at this and, and we ask ourselves the question, if it makes me happy, I mean, it, it surely can't be that bad because God wants me to be happy, right? There becomes a false theology of happiness. If you've got your bulletins this morning, that there's a false theology of happiness. And I, I just want to stay on this slide right near here because I know my slides can get confusing sometimes. But God wants me to be happy. And then I ask myself the question, above everything else, right? And if that's the case, then I'm going to have a theology of happiness that has a whole lot of flaws inside of it. The, the first thing there that we look at is, if God wants me to be happy above everything else, I can go to passages like Psalm 97 and verse 12 and say this. Well, it says, may all who are godly be happy. That means may all who are godly be happy. Now, that's good stuff, right? Now, I'm, sup I'm supposed to be happy, okay? Man, I'm going to be happy. God wants me to be happy. And it's almost like God is this cosmic, like, vending machine. I don't know. Where, where you go in and it's like, hey, man, I put in the money. I did everything I was supposed to do. I pushed the button and then God dispensed happiness, Right? If I go somewhere and I put in a quarter, put in a dollar, swipe a card or whatever, and I press the button for Sprite, you know what I want? I want Sprite to come out. I want Sprite to come out because I did the thing, I put in my investment, and now here I am waiting for that. A lot of us can develop a theology around passages like Psalm 97 verse 12 and say this, may all who are godly be happy. So God wants me to be happy, like all the time. I need to be happy. I need to do everything for my happiness but here's what happens. If God is here to serve Taft and to make me just happy all the time, then whatever makes me happy must be right, and whatever makes me unhappy must be wrong. Have you met somebody before who bailed, who left a situation? And you ask them, why, why did you depart? What was wrong? You said this, I just got to tell you the truth, man. I quit being happy. I quit being happy, so my promise didn't mean anything anymore. I quit being happy, so my covenant, ah, it was just a suggestion. Man, I, I quit being happy, so contract, ah, forget that, man, I'm out. But like, I quit being happy, and so I just pulled the plug. And there's so many problems in this. If I say that whatever makes me happy must be right, then whatever makes me unhappy must be wrong, then I can justify almost anything. Now, don't get me wrong. Oh, I want you to hear this part right here. I do believe that God delights... And his people being happy. Can, can you agree with me there? That, that God, God delights when you're happy. Because here's what happens. When you're happy, check this out, newsflash. You're better. You ever been a part of a sports team? And it was, take the L, take the L, take the L. Man, you are losing way too much. And you said, if we could just get a W. Man, if we could just win, I, I would be happy. And we know that winning cures almost everything. And so when you get this, everybody is happy. And coaches are better. And players are better. In business, man, when people are winning, when there's a lot more black than there is red, everybody is happy. Man, it's better. I think that God can delight in our happiness. But let me tell you this. It is not his ultimate goal. God's ultimate goal is not for me to be happy. God's ultimate goal is for me, and this isn't super deep, is for me to be his. 
God's ultimate goal is, is not for me to be happy. His ultimate goal is for me to be his. He can delight in my happiness. My two oldest kids, all right, they, they play sports. All four of them do, actually. But my two oldest are at those moments where they play sports, and I can delight in their success. Let, let, let's say Wyatt is up to bat, and he's up to bat, and it's a count, and I'm thinking, oh, no, man, he, he is not going to hit. You know, it's that negativity right here, thinking, oh, I hope he does, but what if he doesn't? I'll still love him anyway. Let it be on my face. And, and so, so it's there, and he's about to hit, and I'm saying, man, I hope he does. I hope he does. And, and he gets that hit. And he hits that baseball, and I'm happy, I'm elated for him, right? But then let's just say he's running around the bases after that hit, and he decides to tell the other team that he's number one. All right, and he uses his middle fingers to do so. Whoa, Taff, don't talk like that. All right, but he got the hit, and he rounds the bases, and he's like this, ha-ha, suckers, I hit the ball, your pitcher's terrible. What if I looked over there, and I was standing, I don't know, next to Richie, and I said this, Oh, it's okay. He's happy. How do you think that's going to go? All right, he, he's happy. Oh, Paul, he's, he's happy. Man, he's happy right now. I know he was misbehaving, and he did something he shouldn't have done right there, but, but he's happy. Let, let's celebrate his happiness. All of a sudden there, his happiness is not my top priority. What matters to me there is the fact that he belongs to me, and I can't just say, oh, you're happy. You can do whatever you like. Oh, you're happy. You can just act however you want to. I need to look here and say, hey, if you belong to me, we're supposed to act differently than that. And God looks at me and he doesn't say, Tad, man, just do whatever you want to. Man, if it makes you happy, it's got to be right. And if it makes you unhappy, it's got to be bad. But he also tells me that there are going to be things in my life. The second part of this theology of happiness is this. There's going to be discomfort. There's going to be delay. There's going to be risk. There are going to be things that happen in my life that break me and, and that hurt me. And if I think that God's ultimate goal is just me being happy, then all of a sudden problems can't be a part of God's will. You see, you see, if I think that he wants me happy no matter what, well then problems can't be a part of God's will. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 15 says, But just as he who called you is happy, so be happy in all that you do. That's not what it says. It says in 1 Peter 1, 15, But just as he who called you is holy, be holy in all that you do. God doesn't want me to be happy when it causes me to do something that's wrong or unwise. God doesn't want me to just go after happiness and just chase it and everything that I do if it means that I'm going to misbehave or I'm going to break the covenant that I promised where I was going to say, hey, I'm a believer in Jesus. Hey, I love the New Testament church. Hey, I want to be somebody who evangelizes in everything that I do. Because then when problems come into my life, I turn around and I do this number. Oh, man. Oh, man, why, why is this happening to me right now if, if God wants me happy? And so I have to look at this and say that he wants me to be holy and he wants me to be his. Think about the question I asked you this morning. I said, when's the last time that you were happy? When I ask you this question, when is the last time you were happy, you've got to think about this. What caused it? Well, was I doing something that God wanted me to do? Well, was I obeying something that God wants me to do? Or was I disobeying? Man, was I neck deep in sin and I was happy? For a minute, we've all been there too, haven't we? Oh man, I'm happy for a season until it turns into a mess. When you were a little kid, there were probably things that you did to make you super happy until you got super injured. Think about those stories. Man, that was so much fun when I grabbed the aluminum such and such and I did this and that. 
Man, it was so much fun when somebody decided to take a wire and hang it between two trees, you know, uh, hundreds or thousands of yards apart, and I got on it, and I, man, I swung all across. It was fun until I hit a tree. Man, it was fun until I wrecked that bicycle. It was fun, let's keep going, until I wrecked that car. It was fun until I broke that heart. It was fun until they caught me cheating. It was fun until I had to answer for everything. You see, when I chase after happiness, when, when I push after it, when that's my ultimate priority, and I'm saying, man, God wants me to be happy, I'm going to be happy, I'm going to try to get better possessions, I'm going to try to have peaceful circumstances, thrilling experiences, the right relationships, the right appearance, that's surely going to mean that I'm going to be happy, right? 1 John 2, verses 15 to 17. You'll find this in your bulletin. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. The third part in the theology of happiness is this. Without knowing it, I can begin, if happiness is my ultimate goal, and I think that that's all that God cares about, if happiness is my ultimate goal, I'll start worshiping, or I believe I wrote it this way, I'll start bowing down to the wrong things. Now, a lot of you here this morning say this, man, I don't, I don't bow down to anything but God. And then you pull out that little part on your phone that talks about screen time. And it talks about how much time you spend on the Bible app and how much time you spend on everything else. All right, man, I don't bow down to anything but God. And then I start to look at all the things that make me happy. And when's the last time that God gave me real joy? We say, man, I don't bow down to anything else. I don't have any idols in my life. And then I go into my living room, and what do you point all your furniture at? All right, it's not a Bible, it's a TV. Like, 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 here, here's what happens. In my life, I can bow down to the wrong things if I think that they're making me happy. And we have a theology that chases us. Man, it chases us in all of our songs, our music, in our television, in our movies, in things that I stream. I'm going to tell you this. If we go out for coffee and, and we're talking afterwards, you say, Taff, tell me your favorite shows that you watched this week. I'm going to say, oh, man, have you seen such and such? And have you checked out this and that? Man, it's streaming on this. You can get it here. Man, it's good. And if you'll look at me and say, real talk, is that a good show? Like, like is, is that a wholesome show? You know what I'm going to say? It's funny. I, I'm, I'm going to look at you. I'm going to tell you, it, hey, it, it might not be that good. It might not be the best thing for me to watch. Man, but it's super, man, it, it's funny. It makes me happy to all the members of the youth group here. You've got a youth minister, and he's funny. Like, like, it's my love language. Wait, man, when he talks, when he does things, it makes me laugh. He, he should be a comedian. I don't know. But, but, but he'll do these things that, that are funny. But when you think about your favorite show, your favorite song, hanging out with that special person that makes you happy, even though it's not holy, I want you to picture the next time you're doing that, I want you to picture Barrett's big face right there in you like this. And he's looking at you as you watch that show, and he's going like this. Are you happy? Or does, it, does this make you happy? I want you to picture that song, man, that you're bumping, and it's good. I love music that makes my head bob, right? But if you listen to the lyrics with me, and all of a sudden, Wade Denny is looking at me, does it make you happy? I'm like, whoa, whoa, well, how can you do that? And these are just people. What about God? What about God that took the world and spun it into existence, and he's the same God, I say this all the time, that did this, and he gave me life. And he looks at me, and he says, hey, heirs, does it make you happy? 
Are you really happy right now? Because you're not acting like you're holy. You're not acting like you're mine. You're not acting like you belong to me. But hold up. But hold up, Tap. The heart wants what it wants. Little Selena Gomez for you, right? The heart wants what it wants. Actually, that was Emily Dickinson. The heart wants what it wants. That's actually Woody. Never mind. Like the heart wants what it wants. That's a theology that people have all the time, and that's one of the most broken theologies that I have ever heard. We were on fall break last week, and there were pictures going around. You know the way Facebook does? People, man, I'm so here. This is my hashtag, happy place. All right, this is a place that I love to be. Toes in the sand, beach life, whatever. And in the middle of that, I realized I have to still parent. Like, I go on vacation, but all I'm really doing is taking my circus, sorry, my family, my kids, to another location. And it's just a little bit more sandy. And so, so here we are, and I'm having to parent. And one day, I'm there, and we hear this noise. And we hear this crash. You don't like to hear glass breaking ever, but especially when you don't see all of your heads. And this glass breaks, and I find out that the culprit was a fellow that we call Jackie Boy. And I went to him, and I said, Jax, man, what, what did you do? Man, this picture is not on the wall anymore. And here's what he said. It was the picture's fault. And he looked at me, and I said, Jax, it can't be the picture's fault. The picture is not just going to crash. And he goes, that, that's not it. That, that, that's, that's not it. And I said, okay, now let's get into the truth. And so he decided to make an attempt at honesty, and he said, it was the hand's fault. All right? He, he didn't say it was my fault. He said, it was the hand's fault. He, he was telling me right there at that moment, I didn't really do it, but this thing, you know, that's at the end of this thing, that's connected to this guy randomly, it's, it's this guy's fault right here. I looked at that, and I said, hey, that's not going to work. Because if I just started smacking you in the face right now and said, sorry, buddy, it's the hand's fault, you wouldn't like it. Or, hey, you ready? Lasso. It's the belt's fault, right? You, you wouldn't like it. That's the same thing as me trying to look at you and say this. Hey, man, the heart wants what it wants. Man, like, hey, it's, it's, it's the heart. The heart wants what it wants. And so this doesn't mean anything anymore. My word doesn't mean anything anymore because God wants me to be happy. If you're looking at my screen right now, that means that I am bowing down to the wrong things. I want to read this one more time. The last part of 1 John 2, verse 15 and 17. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. And then I put two more verses in here. God doesn't want me to be happy, ultimately above everything else. He wants me to be blessed, which means I have God in my life. And everything I do points to him. Psalm chapter 37 and verse 4. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. And then let's actually read the rest of Psalm 97 and verse 12. I started today by saying, may all who are godly be happy. I mean, that's good stuff, right? I mean, that's coffee mug material. Like, let me have that at my morning Devo. Like, let me look at that. God wants me to be happy. Let's actually read Psalm 97, 12. May all who are godly be happy. Are you ready? In the Lord and praise his holy name. Man, when I am happy doing the things that God wants me to do, hear me right here, there is nothing better. There is nothing better that sticks it to Satan, that sticks it to the enemy, that punches evil in the face than a Christian that is happy. 
When, when a Christian is happy, not because of their money, not because of just their marriage or just their kids or just some athletic performance, or man, the person I voted for won, or my shirt looks really good today, or my car, ooh, you wish you had a few of those. None of that. But when I'm delighting myself by being a person that says this, I am walking in the Lord. And I'm walking in the Lord. I'm trying to get my happiness by obeying him and doing what he wants. You know what? That takes away the heart wanting what it wants. It takes away me as a person that says this, man, whatever makes me happy has got to be right. And it keeps me from bowing down to the wrong things. When I was a kid, I'd tell you my childhood was, was really good. I'd tell you it was really good. And if you ask me where I'm from, you know what I say? I-40. I tell people I'm from I-40 all the time because my parents divorced when I was little and I spent a lot of my time in Nashville and Memphis and, and everywhere in between and I knew the exits like the back of my hand, still do. Man, I can tell you what to eat at exit 108. I can tell you why you shouldn't go to exit 108. I can tell you about exit 56. I can tell you, don't even get me started on the 170s. I can tell you about all the different exits on I-40. I grew up on gas station food because twice a month I was part of the, uh, the interstate run that was called a custody agreement. And I, I would go back and forth and I would have this time with my mom, I'd have this time with my dad, I would come back and forth. It's a part of my life I don't talk about a lot. And I got to do this and I got to experience a lot. I got to experience a peak of happiness and sadness. So I know the pain of divorce. And I don't want anybody this morning to think when I talk about, man, when people bail or when people forget a covenant, if you're somebody who has experienced that, I do not want you to think that, A, there is no hope and that there is no real happiness in God because of that. So I do not want to be somebody who is numb to that or, or somebody that you say, Taff, you have no idea about this. I do. I've experienced what happens when people don't take their yes seriously. I have seen what happens when we break a covenant because, guess what, I'm just not happy anymore. So because of that, I want to do something this morning a little bit different. If you are, I'm a man, so I'm just going to speak to men. If you are a man this morning and you are married, I want you to stand up. If you're a man this morning and you're married, I want you to stand up. Not planned, not rehearsed, didn't get permission for this. I won't be back next week, so it doesn't matter, okay? But you are a man and you are married. If she is here this morning, I want you to look her in the eye for this next part. And if she is not, man, you just shout it out. Who cares what happens? But I want you to say this. You may never talk this way, but do it for me. I want you to say this. It's real easy. I will not bail. Look at her and say it. All right. He said, I will not bail. Now, he's going to sit down in just a second. And when he does, hey, I'm not picking on the women. I just want you to squeeze his hand and say, me neither. All right? So, guys, go ahead and sit down. <laughs> sit down. You're like, oh, man, socially for me, Taft, that was super awkward. Not as awkward, not as messy as divorce. And I want to be a part of a church where the young guys can hear the old guys say that. Man, it's not just about a wedding ceremony. It's not just about a moment when you're there in that moment. You're, oh, it was pretty, it was nice, and we got married, and we said, I do, and I'll let you know if I change my mind. I want young men to be a part of a church where they hear men say all the time, I'm not going to bail. I'm not going to bail just because I'm happier somewhere else. And I want to see a church full of people that say this, we believe that we can be happy by doing the will of God.
And man, this is a church that can do that. This is a church that tries to do that. And here's what I, here's what I want you to know. It does not mean that on the other side of those promises that there's not going to be pain. But here's what it means. We can all hold each other accountable by saying this. Man, there are going to be moments when I'm not happy. But here's what I know. We are all bowing down to the right thing. The God that created the heavens and the earth, the God that creates me and gives me hope. I don't know about you, but that makes me happy. And there are going to be things this week that attempt to take my happiness but those things are going to be fleeting and moving. We serve a God that says this, if you follow me and you delight in me, there can be real and true happiness. I put at the end of this bulletin, take this to lunch. Because when you're eating today, man, the sermon is supposed to be a sermon that says to you, you're built for Monday. And if God gives us Monday, it's a day for us to put our Sunday into action. So look at some of those things and use those with people as you go to lunch today and you talk to them about what it means to really be happy and what it means to really be holy. I want to tell you this. If you're baptized into Jesus Christ, that is the most holy thing that you can do. It's honorable. It's obedient. But I believe in that comes a true happiness from living a life like John 10, 10, the abundant life, a life that is big. If you haven't done that, I want to ask you this. Are you happy? And if you're happy with your life right now, then you got to look at that and say, hey, praise God, i got to wake up today. But if you are finding a, self, finding a moment for yourself where you say this, man, I'm empty, I do promise you this, obedience can fill you up. And if you have stopped being happy, you serve a God that says this, you're trying to be happy in all the wrong things. This isn't some self-help motivational talk this morning. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ that says this, you can be happy by following me. You can be happy by living a life that is full of the Spirit, but you can be His and you can be holy all the time, no matter what the world does. If we can help you in any way, we hope you'll come as we stand and sing this morning.